Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. I'm so pleased that you have joined us today. Now, this episode is definitely different to usual. Uh, this last week I was interviewed by Martha Jones of the uh, Nimbus Collective. And it was such a fun interview, I thought I would flip it around and put it out on this podcast as well. Uh, because it's basically a conversation about creativity and coming out of COVID, what will church look like? How are we going to do church? So it's a quite a fun conversation. She's brilliant. And the Nimbus Collective are actually doing a fundraiser at the moment, a crowdfunder, to create a, uh, a, a hub of creativity. So what I'd love you to do is check out crowdfunder.org co.uk slash Nimbus Collective and Nimbus is N-I-M-B-U-S Collective. Go and see what they are doing. You'll hear her uh, in the episode uh, talk about it just at the very end. But the work that Martha does trying to stimulate creativity for mission and church is just wonderful. We think she's brill uh, so we'd love you to check her out. And what she does in the episode is she interviews me about some of the things that we're doing and we have a conversation about what church could look like from September. So please do stick around and give that a listen. And the other thing to say, so this is episode 56 and we're going to take a month off. It's August. The sun is out. I'd love you to uh, go back and listen to some older podcast episodes, catch up with ones that you have missed. We'll be back in September. Uh, We've got some podcast episodes planned for September that are really exciting. Uh, But we're going to give you a pause, have a bit of a break. We've worked throughout COVID and the lockdown, and now we're going to have a pause and a break. So do catch up with some episodes. Now, here we go. An interview by Martha and me on creativity, uh, the church and mission. Good morning and welcome to Outside the Box at Nimbus Collective. If you've never met me before, my name is Martha and I'm joined by the marvellous Chris Rogers. Thank you so much for joining me. I've been looking forward to this. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. Um, now, I don't know about you, though. Do you, when you're doing these live feeds, do you get really nervous the doorbell's going to ring? Uh, do you know what? Normally, I have my husband here and he's under strict instructions to like make stuff quiet. But we live in a maisonette and the people above us, um, the, the floor's quite, um, you know, in Friends with the with the yeah. sweeping broom and they hit the broom. It can be quite loud at times. Um, but luckily, nothing bad's ever happened. But Mitch isn't here. So, I mean, anything could happen today. But, yeah. You come across John Mark Comer. Yes. I was interviewing John Mark for a podcast that I do and my son was upstairs and he was playing Fortnite and he'd obviously just got killed and he had an absolute meltdown, no. screaming, yelling, banging and John Mark's on screen and he's giving this beautiful answer and all I can hear is this noise upstairs and at the end of the interview I had to go, I am so, so sorry, that noise that you could probably hear was my son being killed on Fortnite. <laughs> So all the things. Do you yeah. know what I love so much about these chats, like and live things and things? Now that kids are at home, while parents are working from home and stuff, I saw a um, it was an, on the news, BBC News or something. Did you see the video of the woman and her daughter arranging this like bookshelf? And the interviewer on BBC was brilliant. He just embraced it. He was like, "I think it looks better on the other shelf." It was just great. 
Well, I can guarantee somebody may walk in at any point into my study. Well, I look forward to that. We'll have a little chat with them. Anyway. Now, if people don't know you, don't know where you are, what you do, um, tell us a little bit about where you are in the country and what you get up to. Yeah, East London. Uh, Becky and I, with my two kids, um, moved to East London in 2010. Um, we helped to plant a church uh, in a Bengali neighbourhood. So, assalamu alaikum. We do a lot of work with our Bengali neighbourhood, which is so much fun. Um, I got to go just now and sign uh, a birthday card for one of our uh, vol lovely volunteers who's a Bengali Muslim lady that helps volunteer at some of our stuff. So beautiful relationships with, with Muslim, our Muslim community. Um, and we live in community, so in our household right now, including those who live in the basement, there's 10 of us in our house. So lockdown was a little bit interesting because wow. in our bit of the house, there's seven of us. And apart from me and my son, it's all girls. So Isaac and I were leaving the house during lockdown to get isolation. <laughs> we were going bonkers over Taylor Swift. There was just only so much Taylor Swift we could listen to. So we live in community and uh, we are desperately just trying to work out how, how do you do local East London normal church non-pretentious authentic community uh with people who are pretty messed up and have some amazing stories like they have got some crazy shenanigans in their past and seeing them come to faith is so so much fun um yeah that's what we do and i also lead something called making disciples which is like a network and a ministry around discipleship trying to help churches engage with uh, disciple making so i spend a lot of my time helping churches uh, work out where are they getting stuck with their discipleship. Amazing. Now, what I love, Chris, about All Hallows and your your church building is that it is so a centre of community. You and you've just opened a cafe, which is amazing. Although I'm guessing in lockdown, it's taken different um, routes. Uh yeah, so we opened this coffee shop in January. It took us nine years to build this thing. It's called a Haba, which uh, in the original Hebrew is where you get the Ahava, which is love. In the Arabic, the V and the B can be interchanged. So it's a Haba, both means love. So we opened that in January as a community hub. And the aim is to employ people who are maybe out of work, help them get back into work. But we want a place where the phrase for us is where first contacts become friendships. Yeah, I love that. We want to make mates with our neighbourhood. And one of our problems is that as a church in a Muslim neighbourhood, it's hard to get people through the church doors. Yeah. Um, so we have a community centre that we run that we were gifted about six years ago. We were given this community building. And we run all of our work to the Bengali community from that centre. But we wanted a space that was in the church as well because we we're actually on the highway. So we wanted to spin our building around and face the highway. Uh, so we uh, have built this beautiful creative coffee shop and it is so good. During lockdown, it became a zero contact shop, selling bread, milk, eggs, flour. Amazing. It was so good having a place where you could genuinely love the neighbourhood yeah. and be present, even when people um, had to isolate. So they would become, they'd come and pick up their little package off the doorstep with whatever they'd ordered in and they could get their coffee or their chai tea or something it was just great really 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 cool 
I love that. And I mean, I guess those building relationships, Jesus never asked people to come to him, did he? He always went to people or or was traveling or going through different places, which probably had completely different cultures to the village next to them. And so what really excites me with you guys is that you're not like this is us come and join us it's like a mixture of just lots of different cultures lots of different people lots of different backgrounds all creating this one beautiful mess yeah you know for want of a in fact no that's a great phrase a beautiful mess because it's just a mixture of of so much excitement and and loads of different it's just brilliant. For two weeks what? ago, we had this crane collapse 500 yards from our house. So there's a building site and this big builder's crane collapsed yeah. and it fell on uh, five houses. A lady passed away. And um, I was literally 60 seconds away from the, the foundation where it fell. And um, I didn't even notice it falling at first because it was so big. When something so big goes missing, you almost don't notice it's gone. <laughs> like, what's, hang on, something strange. Um, and with, within minutes, the question wasn't, what should the church do something? The question was, what are we going to do? Yeah. And we were able to create this coffee cart with tea and coffee, open up the church as a safe place for people to go and sit, put the coffee cart right outside where the police tape was. We were serving coffee, chatting with people, pastoring them. And I think for us, there's always this question of, this is the situation. What is our response? Not should there be a response, but what is it? What's it going to be? And I think we're always asking ourselves, what's the opportunity here to say something to this neighbourhood about how much we love it? And there was a really cool photograph went around East London. Uh, there was me, there was Raph and a member of our church serving tea and coffee. Nobody knew we were from the church. We weren't wearing church T-shirts. This picture was taken and it just said, typical East London spirit, check out these guys. Amazing. After about 40 comments, this Amy, a friend of ours, goes, that's my vicar. <laughs> and, and suddenly there's all this kind of chat about, oh, it's amazing when you suddenly find out it's the church that's on the front line. And uh, it was so self-screen so grabbing it going, that is exactly what you want people to be saying about the local church. It's brilliant. Yeah, totally. There's, it reminds me of when I was at drama school, there was this phrase that was used, which was don't act, react. And the idea that don't put on a, when you're acting, don't put on a facade, don't try and try and be that character, just react to what's happening. And I think that's, I think you could apply that to the church. So many churches try and act, try and put a persona on, but actually we just need to be reacting to what's around us and changing and adapting. And that is really exciting when you see that happening. I love it. It's one thing. So I, um, I visited your church a few months back when we were planning for a spring harvest that never happened in person and in your church building there is the most incredible lanterns and they've stuck with me and they um in fact you tell this you tell the story about what these lanterns are because I love it I feel like it's not my story to tell that's the problem so um okay. I have two members of my team who are just amazing uh, my youth worker Alex and my community worker not work she just heads up all of our community work Sarah and we had this dream of every festival celebrating Jesus well like if we don't celebrate Jesus nobody else will so Christmas Easter Pentecost Advent like what are we going to do to celebrate Jesus and we had this idea of um of a 
prophetic prayer walk, we would, as a church, build giant lanterns, light lanterns, and we would go around the local schools going, do you want to join us in building light lanterns? Our community ESOL cafe, our uh, youth work, children's work, they were all building lanterns. And what we did was we said, turn up to the community centre at this particular time, on this particular evening, and we had probably about 300 individuals um, with these giant lanterns they'd built. So one year we made one of Aslan, and you know, Aslan move. Another year we had a space rocket, and uh, we had a marching band at the front. When I say marching band, bunch of kids from church with drums. Yeah. And they were, and, and they would drum and lead us on a procession around the neighborhood. And uh, uh, I was on the kazoo playing Spirit Breakout, marching band. And we had all these uh, Christians and Muslims and non-faith like with us in this prophetic prayer walk. And we walk around the streets in our neighborhood that we've seen stuff, drug dealing, domestic violence. And we, we were like, let's walk the neighborhood and go around these streets. And then we'll end at the church and throw a party. And at that party, we're gonna tell everybody uh, the reason why we've done it. We have done, done this because it's Advent. And Advent is the belief that light is coming in darkness and light as a name and his name is Jesus. Uh, so that's what we're celebrating tonight as Christians is that Jesus is coming in darkness. And as we prayer walk this neighborhood, we're proclaiming Jesus over our neighborhood. So we've got these giant lanterns and we kept a whole bunch of them, which is the ones that you, you have yeah, seen. Yeah, sure. but it really is this idea of can we come up with a creative way of celebrating a festival in a way that nobody would expect and captures, you know, so we, we, we're walking the streets and you've got kids hanging out of bedroom windows and cheering as we go by. Look, we're in a little East London poor neighborhood. You know, we're not, uh, these things don't happen around here. Creative things don't happen around here. They happen in other areas where middle-class people are feeling empowered to do this stuff. Mm. It doesn't happen unless we create it in East London. And um, it was it's really good fun. It really is wicked. So what do you think then is the role of creativity linking with um, like spreading the gospel and because so often we just use words and in my opinion words don't land often um, and people like to read stuff through art, through through music, through listening. What do you think is the role for the creatives or creativity and the church in spreading the gospel? It's a very good question. I think for me the creativity is the vehicle that we can use. The message needs some goo, needs some liquid. It needs yeah. something to transport it. Yeah. Most of us are stuck. We're stuck with one way of communicating that is with, with words. It's a powerful way. Um, it's an easy way because we've all got a gob. Uh, so it is, it is an easy way, but I don't think it's the most powerful way. And creativity becomes the substance of which carries the gospel in new and fresh, profound ways. Mm. So sticks and tape and paper and lights can become the creative goo of which a new message can be transported right. and that new message therefore has new language to it so it catches you off guard yeah. because many of us um we use old language We've not learned a new language yet, a new Christian prophetic language. Yet when we talk about Advent and light and dark and, uh, and Christ coming in the darkness, the, the, the visual language of that is so powerful. 
you see the light parade, you hear the light parade, you see the people in the light parade, and it, it captivates you in a way that, let's go to an Advent service. This doesn't, isn't gonna do it. No. Um, and so when people say to us, do you have an Advent service? Well, kind of. You wouldn't like it. <laughs> you wouldn't like it. Uh, it's noisy and there's a lot of snotty kids. Sounds uh, like my idea of heaven. There's something, and we get the police involved as well. So we've had the police close roads for us. Right. Police will come to the party afterwards as well. And in fact, one of the police officers that we know really well wrote a beautiful little thing on, on Instagram for, for us last, uh, last time we did it that said something like, it's only the church that comes up with this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think for me, it's disturbing the calm. Like creativity disturbs the calm, the what what we know, the the linear, yeah. and and in disrupting stuff, it's like when you disrupt dust or something, you can find stuff underneath it that you never knew existed, and that for me is why yeah. it's good. I think one of the things I realise is for most churches, we are we we want to work out what's the message, what's the message, what's the message. And therefore they spend all their time, what's the message we want to communicate that fail in step two, which is what is the vehicle for the message? Because mm. we presume the vehicle is liturgy and robes and organs and pews and, and that kind of stuff. Um, or worship bands and guitars, like the charismatic church is now a cliche of itself because it's been going for long enough. Um, of which I'm charismatic, so I, I kind of point the finger at myself. It's easy to pick up a song and sing a song. So we have to ask ourselves, what is the uh, vehicle we want to use to convey the message? Mm. And that's where we then get stuck. And that's where the cre creative prophetic can actually come in. So uh, what does it look like for us to celebrate Easter? What does new life look like? How do we want to communicate that? What's the vehicle for that for us? So we've done some really fun stuff when you start thinking about ve the, what is the vehicle, just little things. Um, uh, Christmas uh, through the community centre, working with non-Christian kids, we did a nativity performance in the neighbourhood that accumulated with a crib in the heart of our neighbourhood, um, with children reenacting the nativity uh, actually in the neighbourhood, and then just ending with this whole message that many of you think Jesus came in Bethlehem two thousand years ago. Jesus comes on the Lincoln Estate tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, you're just changing the the place that you do something or the way you do it can actually be a vehicle change. And that then captivates people because it's just different. It's yeah. Fresh, fresh way of doing it. Yeah, and relating it to people's um, knowledge of what life is now, because, you know, like you say, Jesus coming in Bethlehem, it's quite a hard concept for a lot of people to get their head around unless they've been in church for, the, you know, years and years and years and it's kind of ingrained in them. Yeah. But actually likening it to what it is now. I love the story, I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago in one of these chats of um, the woman at the well and how Jesus meets the woman at the well. He was already there and she turns up, she's like, what are you doing here? And then she can't help but like verbal vomit what she's, you know, heard and how, how she's encountered Jesus. And there's so many times where I've felt like that woman in my current day and I felt like there's been an encounter or, or something you know a light's been shone on me and I can't help but share that but yeah. but reading it from you know thousands of years ago or me sharing my story you know that 
said the same, mm. but they are received differently, which I don't know, that that for me is great because then that gives us permission to, to be the verbal vomiters. Yeah. For want of a better phrase. A few years ago, we were doing the Sermon on the Mount and at the end of the series, I was meant to do a sermon that brought everything together. And in the notes, it just says, Chris will somehow bring it all together. And during the ser series, I'd been translating the Sermon on the Mount into what I call Chris language, um, not NIV. And like my own version of the Sermon on the Mount translated. And so how am I going to... So I knew what the message was. I needed a new vehicle. Um, and I ended up deciding that rather than preaching it, I would just be Jesus. And I sat in the congregation and started preaching as if I was Jesus with the Sermon on the Mount. And just, I delivered the entire Sermon on the Mount in, in 25 minutes. Right. In that, I was stood on the piano at one point and I'm walking through the pews, the other. And you could just see changing the vehicle can really help us change how the message is heard and received. So yeah. if you say to people from my church, tell me about the Sermon on the Mount, many of them will say, oh, there's this one thing <laughs> that they did at our church. <laughs> and it was so good because we weren't expecting it. Yeah. And he was, he was on the organ at one point. They, they really remember those things. Um, and we've done a lot of that kind of stuff, trying to make the sermon a more of a prophetic experience. Yeah, and it's immersive, isn't it, as well? Yeah. Because people can then, they, they're, all their senses are, are, are awake then because they're like, well, where's he going to be now? You know, you're, you're experiencing it firsthand. That's why I love theatre as a vehicle as well. I've done similar things in different places. Um, and, and it's that excitement. One thing that I, I remember um, going to an immersive theatre experience in Paddington, in the, it, was, it wasn't a Christian thing, it was a, just a theatre production thing. Um, four flights of a um, car park warehouse thing. And um, as the audience, you had to wear masks. So you knew who the actors were because they weren't wearing masks. And then you just went through all the all of these different floors. The actors were running around. You just followed the actor wherever they were going. It was like there was a wild west. One of the floors was full of sand. Another floor was like had these, um, you know, Winnebago caravans on. And they completely transformed the area. And you could follow whichever story you wanted to because you could chase whichever actor you wanted to to see where they went next. But imagine if we did that with like all the different encounters of Jesus, transformed a building and people could just chase after it. Do you know what I mean? And just experience it for themselves. It's interesting you said that because I can talk about it because this again, this is this is my Sarah and Alex. They are absolutely fantastic. Um, have you been to Secret Cinema? Yes. So it's basically what you're talking about, this immersive theatre experience yes. that ends with you watching a movie or something. Mm -hmm. We wanted to do something with uh, Christmas. So we did an immersive telling of the Christmas story where you would find the characters around our neighbourhood. Right. Because we don't have a miss massive building and we don't have lots of... But you did find Mary and Joseph at the bus stop. Dream. And parents were taking their kids around the neighbourhood looking for and hunting down. Uh, so the wise men, a big star, and they're walking around the neighbourhood and you're running around trying to find the next clue in the mystery 
of who this baby was. And you had to go and find the different characters. And so we tried to take that kind of idea and use it across our estate. And it was really, really good fun. And uh, there was a particular household that they had to go and knock on the door. And Cheryl, a member of our church, has been a Christian two years. And she opened, no room at the inn. She opens the door and she's the innkeeper. <laughs> and it was just fab having that telling of the Christmas story where you get to travel around an area yeah. that you know. And the whole message was yet again for us. Jesus in the neighborhood, the incarnation, the God that's not in Bethlehem is in Bow. Yeah. And, and actually for us using that kind of vehicle, that, that uh, dramatic uh, storytelling stuff, it, it works so well with kids. They just get yeah. hooked in, like they're in it. And adults, and adults, adults love it. They try, you know, they try and say, oh no, that's for the children. Yeah. But, but you get as hooked in as any other person. It's great. Yeah. See, what I love about that, and this is this kind of segues me on something we were chatting about before we went live, is what you've just explained. Mm. Um, I'm sure there was music, but it's the power of the story, yep. the, the power of immersion in the story, your senses being awakened. And yet we are so stuck and clung on to a structural service or a you know we sing like you were saying about the guitars and the all of this we sing or so we're going into a time now where we can't be mm -hmm. stuck to our structure we can't be stuck to what we know or what we're default used to so what do you think how, well we're gonna have to be innovators aren't we doing we church. are and, I mean for us it's it's really hard so I've already had say to somebody somebody said to me if we don't open our church and sing Chris we're colluding with Satan Ooh, okay. Um, so we, we, we are going to have to unshackle ourselves from sung worship. Um, and that my concern is that we've actually turned worship of God into the worship of worship. Some of us actually really love singing Waymaker and it's become our, that's become our God. Yeah. The feeling we get when we sing a song has almost become something that we are idolizing rather than the one that we are worshipping so we're gonna to have to take ourselves at box so we're thinking like how do you do church differently so over august we're doing things like picnic church yeah we are um going to be meeting on the grass that's in the middle of our community we've, we've got some uh white you know the, the paint that you, they use on tennis courts oh like chalk paint type stuff yeah we're gonna we're spraying circles and then we're gonna have a, a picnic blanket and the idea is come and have picnic church six people and um the service uh, is going to be uh, part on their device with a Bluetooth speaker so they can press play, they can listen to that part of the service and then discuss it. Oh, that's um, cool. That's going to be really good fun. We've got some great speakers as well. We've been able to pull in people that we wouldn't maybe be able to get at All Hallows, but we've said, look, we're doing this thing. Fancy being like, would you give us 12 minutes of this particular topic? Right. So um, the idea is they'll listen to something that's about 10 minutes long and then be able to talk about it. So we're doing that. We're calling that picnic church. Right. Uh, the other thing we're doing is we've just got the money to buy a, a silent disco headset. We are going to do silent disco church. So we are for a lot. You came to the pursuit years ago. I did. We took, a, we took a risk on something that that um, there was so much learning in in that for me around 
gathering people together for worship. And one of the things that went really well was silent disco headsets where music is put into the headset and, uh, and learning to worship God with dance. So one of the things we want to experiment with this season is going to be, we can't sing, but we can dance. And actually dancing is just as biblical as singing. If oh not yeah, David. So. Not more so. So um, we're going to, we're going to, try and do church on a Sunday night uh, with these silent disco headsets. Right. So socially distanced around our building. And people go, oh, but that's consumer because it's everybody's individual. Well, actually the way it works is you can tie, uh, people hear things and they connect through what they're hearing with each other. So it doesn't actually have to be uh, isolating at all. So we're gonna try that. So that'll be interesting to see how that, that one goes. The other thing that we are really, exploring at the moment and I'd love any anybody that's got any ideas on this so churches all over the country if not the world meet every Sunday and don't sing they're typically churches who are deaf or blind or meet they worship differently they worship with their fingers they mm -hmm. worship uh with sign um so I I want us to learn amazing grace and be able to sign amazing grace so we're worshipping through song with our bodies, not with our voices. Right. So uh, I want to explore these kind of ways of worshipping. There are others who worship this kind of these means all the time. Take it as a season to learn what the rest of the church is doing. Yeah, uh, we, we, we're um, kind of exploring at the moment. Uh, what are the different ways that you can use your body to worship? So anybody who's got any other ideas around that kind of stuff, we would love to, to hear it. So I'm um, trying to find somebody at the moment that will print me the Lord's Prayer a hundred times in Braille. Cool. Because at one of our services, I want to be able to give everybody a copy of the uh, Lord's Prayer in Braille. And so we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer with Braille. Great. And... Um, yeah that's something that I'm thinking like this is a this isn't you know people seem oh we can't sing we can't do this we can't do that we can't have communion oh gosh stop focusing on the carts focusing on the cans so what can we do well there's a lot we can do that we've never even thought about so how can we do something with drawing in worship where can we do something in poet with poetry in worship what would happen if we all got together on Sunday night and we wrote a psalm and then people got up and they were led worship by leading us in their psalm that they've written? Like these are all creative ways of, of worshipping. But people are, I mean, all I hear at the moment, and maybe it's just where I am, but people are, oh, we can't do this, we can't do that. Oh, it's miserable, life is over. And I'm going, there's so many opportunities for different things. We might end up with a church that looks so different. We don't want to go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you there. I'm with you. And actually, if you have, this is a good point for me to say, we've got a few comments coming in, so I'll read them in a moment. But if you do have any ideas, pop them on here now and I'll I'll read them out and I'll read this in a second. One thing that struck me, Chris, when you were talking about the parade is how you're, you had your youth on the drums at the front. Mm -hmm. Like you think about like even stomp or like tribal stuff or, you know, samba band, that type of thing. Like that's biblical as well, like banging the drums and, and there, we can make chaos. We can make the sound. We can, we can worship in different ways. And that's, that's again, um, there's something, you know, vibrations as well, I think when you feel something in your body that that like 
a, a feeling from something else when you really hear a drum bang or I do tap dancing and there's something when you tap you get the sound but it's also the vibrations in your body that make you feel alive and that's really exciting you just really got me excited yeah I love it so the in September I'm going to do this teaching series on uh let's kill off singing and it's all it's gonna be all about how uh, what is worship what is true biblical worship? What does the Lord require of justice, mercy, compassion? Um, and we, we're gonna, we really wanna explore doing church very differently. And I love this idea. We've got all these drums from the marching band. We've got all these other things you can turn into drums. We could have an evening of stomp worship. Yes, I'm there. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna come over to Bow and join you. There's also, I think with that, if you're doing, you know, a series or something, you could link it with Bible story, you know, David dancing, you've got all the, all the drums and the psalms, all that stuff. And then you've got, I mean, the woman who dipped her hair in the oil, you could have a total immersive smelling mm -hmm. thing with like all herbs and, you know, yeah. things like that and link that with, you know, she, she lavished Jesus in worship by just tipping loads of perfume on him you know that's an act of worship smell and yeah so it says it excites me how much there is to do um right i'm gonna quickly read out some of these comments thank you so much if you are joining us for this chat i hope you're having um or getting as inspired as we're feeling right now it's really exciting to think about what could be happening and um, if you have any questions this is a really good time for you to jot them down um now do, 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 do. Morning, Lara. Hello, Lara says. Morning, Chris and Martha. I've enjoyed watching your Making Disciples Spring Harvest videos on YouTube and refreshed at your approach of mission and loving the cafe initiative, she says. Cool. Um, actually, that's an interesting one. So Spring Harvest, your Making Disciples stuff that you're talking about. Is there a way that people can get hold of that content and bits and bobs if they want to grab it? We are makingdisciples.com is the website to head to. The podcast, though, I mean, I have been so excited. Um, a friend of mine said, why don't you, rather than do lots of blog writing, nobody write, nobody reads blogs anymore. So why don't you start a podcast? I cannot believe how many thousands of people are downloading, downloading the audio podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tried putting it out as a video on YouTube. And what's interesting, the videos get a number of hundred views, but the audio gets two and a half, three, four, five thousand downloads, depending on, um, what the topic is in that particular week but the, the yeah I've been really excited by it. I thought podcasting was dead I know there, there's uh, a revival it's like an on-the-go thing I listen to podcasts while I run you know yeah. it's an on-the-go thing yeah That's great and they and can we get hold of those on your um website you go to the website the podcast is linked from the website but if you've got an apple iphone or a google you just it's it's making disciples with chris rogers Right. Um, and it's very easy to find. And we did, we, the last month has been really cool. We've put some really fun, we had a, I interviewed a uh, pastor from Hong Kong. Uh, I've interviewed a Christian convert from Iran who was in prison for four years for his faith. Wow. Just been some really like, oh, you are amazing kind of people on there. Yes. Oh, I love that. I'm going to check it out. Um, Jan says, morning, Jan. Uh, she says, where are you in the East End, Chris? I come from Poplar. I'll come oh. and see you next time I'm down. You must be near Bo if you saw the crane. Oh, she knew about it. There we go. Yeah, um, yeah, Gangster's Paradise. Um, uh, if she's in, from Poplar, we're just north, so in Bo. We're um, Devon's Road DLR is our closest DLR station. Yeah. Nice. Um, doo -doo -doo. 
Oh, yeah, Sarah's loving the lantern parade. Um, Jan has said, I have a picture of a huge mosaic outside a wall, outside, uh, let me read that again. I have a picture of a huge mosaic on an outside wall with artwork from different cultures. That's quite a cool way. You could get people to all add something to the mosaic or a part of it. Have you seen, there's an artist called Doodle Man and he just doodles loads of stuff. It, again, he's, I, he's not Christian, but he just like, it's like a massive graffiti wall. Getting people to add stuff to that would be great. Okay, Mark says, morning, Mark. He says, contact Torch Trust for the blind. They might be able to help with the braille um, printing. Ah, oh, that's a good point. It did, actually, they, um, a few years ago, I, I did something with braille and I actually contacted them. My only concern is I don't, you know, when you, there's a Christian charity and you're like, you're a charity and I don't want to do you over by asking you to do a hundred of something that actually you're too busy. Yeah. I mean, I could try them. You just don't want to, you don't want to be a burden on anybody else, do you? Well, if anyone knows any um, yeah, braille things, please do. Um, uh, Jan says it's hard to print braille because you can't feel the raised dots, but somebody out there will have special equipment. Mm. There you go. Well, if anybody does have the special equipment, get in touch. Yeah. Um, and morning, Douglas. Morning, Kathy. Morning, Jill. Lots of good mornings. Fabulous. Um, now, Chris, I have a final couple of questions for you, um, and then we're going to wrap it up. Um, my two questions that I'm asking everyone on these series yeah. uh, is, firstly, what's one thing that you've learned from this season of lockdown that you want to keep with you for your rhythm in your new normal or whatever you want to pick up and what's one thing that you want to get rid of from your old rhythm pre-lockdown pre all of this that you want to say no to and you want to get rid of in your new norm yeah i think one of the things that we've picked up is as a church we have a bunch of uh, things that we call spiritual disciplines yeah we we uh, we pri promote something called the three two one uh, every day do your three two one it's read your bible for three minutes two minutes pray and one minute listen to god and the idea is that's the first step on a life of prayer and discipline with god and we ended up printing these awesome little booklets uh that's day that's night and in it um it was to help our congregation um just while we weren't together keep doing this stuff so three, feed, two, speak to God, one is encounter. Um, and this has just been really good. Now, the bit I want to keep is the bit at night. I, I wanted to, we've never done night prayer as a church. It's not our discipline, but we thought it'd be nice because we called this, this is what we call our retreat to advance. Nice. Before Jesus did anything, he always retreated into yeah, the yeah, yeah. then advance. So we put in a night prayer in here, and this is from Compline. And I've never been a, a word reader. I'm dyslexic. I don't, I don't work that way. But there's the, we found this prayer from Compline, which is just so beautiful. And I uh, took whatever evening meetings I have with the congregation, we always end now using the comp, this prayer from Compline. Uh, and I think it's something that from lockdown, I really I now have this by my computer. Um, I have it on my phone and wherever at the end of the day, I either do it with whoever's online or I do it you know, before I go to bed. And that's just been a real win. I want to keep doing that. It's been a really right. good way of ending the day. The other thing I want to keep, it's got nothing spiritual. Oh my gosh, I have loved spending more time with my kids. 
Yeah. My kids have not been at school. They've been at home. We've done far more Lego than we've ever done. I think we've invested a heck of a lot of Lego uh, money into Lego. Right. Cycling with my son on a Sunday afternoon has been an utter joy. Like a three-hour bike ride because we've not had church in the same way. And I, I really want to keep that going out for evening walks with my kids. Yeah. A chocolate bar from the co-op kind of thing. Uh, so for me, that's what I want to keep. Yeah. So on the flip side, what do you want to lose? I am, I am somebody who feels so guilty when people say to me, Chris, can I see you? And I say, um, I don't think I can, I'm, I'm busy. And I often will find extra time to give to people. And I end up squishing out, squishing out, squishing out. Yeah. To the point where I just give too much of myself away. And I am now really making sure that I am not having more than so in a in a seven day week I'm not having more than three evening meetings I'm being really choosy about what I give away evening wise and already people are saying can we have a meeting about this and can I have a meeting about that and I'm going the first evening that I'm free is in September because I've got a, I've got a holiday in August and I think I'm just, I want to keep that. I want, I don't want to give away my evenings like I were because my evenings are also my creative time. Yeah. Making time. Um, I love making and painting and creating. So I need to keep that time. Yeah, I love that. And there's discipline in both, isn't there? Of keeping mm -hmm. those things and losing those things as well. Both yeah. require discipline. Yeah. They're brilliant. Thank you. Well, thank you again for joining us and do check out our crowdfunder for crowdfunder um, campaign month. There's only one week left of our crowdfunder. So if you haven't looked it up yet, go and have a look at www.crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash Nimbus Collective to hear all about our creative resource hub that we are going to be launching very, very soon. And I hope to see you again um, for another one of these chats. Have a lovely, lovely day. Thanks, Chris, for joining me. Pleasure. Take care. Bye.